Welcome. You're listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode. This is your host, John Marcellaro, and this week my guest is Charlotte Henry. Charlotte, you have a special title that I should refer to you as. I don't have a special title, but I I am the Mac Observer's UK Associate Editor, which is rather a delight. Yeah, UK Associate Editor. That sounds so erudite. I like that. I, as this show will prove, I am very much not erudite. Oh, but yes, you are. Oh, yes, we'll you are. work through it together. <laughs> well, this week, uh, Charlotte and I agreed to talk about some of our favorite TV shows, and given that it's the holiday season, to talk about in my case specifically, my favorite TV shows that are yes. in the Christmas spirit. Uh, for years and years, ever since about maybe 2005, uh, I've had this tradition, and I share it with Ted Landau, who used to write for us, of watching uh, Nicolas Cage and Taya Leone in a show called The Family Man, which I'll get to in a minute. But after watching it for about 14 or 15 years, every Christmas is a tradition, it's been replaced by a new holiday movie that I really, really, really love. It's called The Spirit of Christmas. And The Spirit of Christmas stars one of my favorite actresses, Jen Lilly, and also Thomas Bodoin. And the story is about this Massachusetts lodge that is held by an elderly woman who passes away and leaves it to her estate. And a law firm in Boston is charged with getting an appraisal on this lodge and getting it sold for the family trust. So young Miss Kate is sent by her boss up to the lodge to get an appraisal. And she's been reading about it. And apparently the lodge is haunted. And so the story goes that in the 1920s during Prohibition... Haunted at Christmas? How about that? That's why it's called The Spirit of Christmas. It's triple pun. I get it. Triple I totally pun. get it. And I've got a great link talking of spirits of Christmas. Yeah. So in the 1920s, this fellow was the uh, heir of the uh, lodge. And um, it's played by a very, very capable and handsome young man named Thomas Bowdoin, who is murdered by a business partner and... It happens at the Christmas time, and he, it turns out that for 12 days during Christmas holidays for the last 95 years, he has come to life for two weeks and resides in the house as a substantive human. And the other 50 weeks of the year, he's just a spirit. And they happen to meet this young attorney who comes up to do the appraisal and during the Christmas holidays and this ghost. It's a fascinating story. It's a little bit kind of Christmas spirity, but not over the top on Christian's Christmas. It's more like a, a holiday spirit Christmas movie of a love affair where the, this young attorney, played by Jen Lilly, is not able to sustain a relationship. She's just standoffish. She's broken up with her recent boyfriend who accuses her of not being very loving. She's a high-powered attorney. She has a very uh, active professional career, and she just doesn't have time for a personal life. But this young man who plays the ghost captures her imagination, and they fall in love over this period of two weeks. And so she becomes invested in him, and tries to figure out why he's uh, trapped in this cycle of uh, of uh, human every two every year for two weeks and why he has to go back to ghostly state for the rest of the time so she engages in trying to solve the mystery 
And as it evolves, uh, they find a solution. I don't want to give away too much, but it's it, it, the movie has several interesting aspects to it. The music is awesome. The, there's a background music of the 12 Days of Christmas, of course, played on the old-fashioned piano, which has a unique sound to it. Um, the white levels, the photography, and the, and the snow, and the uh, surrounding atmosphere, and a lot of photography outdoors in the snow. And it's, it's just an incredibly well-photographed, warm Christmas movie that I really high, highly recommend. So that's number one for me. Okay, so my favourite Christmas movie, I have to say, is not one I watch all that often, but whenever I watch it, it makes me happy, and it kind of links to your spirit vibe as well. So I'm going to go with The Muppet Christmas Carol, because I truly don't believe there is a better Christmas movie. Is there? I don't think I've seen it. John! How dare I? (laughs) John! It's the Muppets doing Christmas. I, it somehow escaped me. Uh, Consider me castigated. With Scrooge <laughs> and Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy and a happy family. And there's great songs. Oh, my goodness, John. Um, no, the Muppet Christmas Carol brings joy to all who watch it. Um, it is a classic. It never gets old. And I... Yeah, it's just, well, anything with the Muppets brings a smile to your face, right? Absolutely. I love the Muppets. So is this this in the duplicate spirit of the uh, classic Christmas Carol story with the three ghosts? It's absolutely, exactly. It is the three ghosts. It is, Uh, it's the whole lot starring the Muppets. I mean, what else could one want, really? It's, it's very nice. It's very silly. And it will, without doubt, get you in the Christmas spirit. Now, I may be being slightly nostalgic because it's obviously kind of a Christmas film of my childhood and whatever, but it it is good fun. One of my favorite Christmas carols is the one that stars Patrick Stewart, which I think is the best of the lot, aside from the Muppets, of course. Wow. Controversial. But yeah, um, actually, yeah, and there's also obviously there's a few uh, human stars in it as well, as you might imagine. How can I watch that? Is it on Netflix? I'm not sure, actually. That's a good point. Oh, my goodness. I've just had a quick look. And they're actually screening it in cinemas in the UK. How how exciting is that? came out in 92. So it's been going around a while. It doesn't ever get old. It was, uh, yeah, it's based on the Charles Dickens novel. It's got Michael Caine in it. I mean, what else do you want? That sounds like all you need. Exactly, exactly. It's uh, and of course it's got, yeah. There's there's all the all your favourite Muppets are there in a variety of forms. Okay, is it my turn? Are you, are Go you on. All right. So my next favourite Christmas movie that I've run across accidentally is a Christmas movie that stars two stars that I had seen in previous series. I'm a big fan of Stargate SG One and Michael Shanks. And, uh, of course, Richard Dean Anderson and uh, Amanda Tapping. And I'm also a big fan of a series that I've talked about before on Background Mode <clears throat> called Being Erica, st- who's the story of a, of a young woman who uh, stumbles into a uh, sort of supernatural counselor who helps her go back in time and correct her mistakes. I talked to Kelly about that show. So that stars Aaron Karpluk 
spiffy young actress. So they've got together in 2011 to star in a movie called Christmas Lodge. And so I was attracted to that movie when I was looking through IMDb filmography, and I noticed that Michael Shanks was in this Christmas movie. So it's the story of um, a family lodge again. This is the second time I've seen a Christmas movie where a, uh, a, a Christmas lodge, a lodge that happens to have a lot of tradition and family value appears in the story as a significant element of the movie. And Michael Shanks plays a fellow who's the descendant of a family who's built this lodge. And it's fallen into disrepair, and he's a widower, and he's living there with his daughter, and he's struggling financially to get the lodge back into shape, but the weather and the elements are wearing it down the lodge and getting ahead of him. So Aaron Carpluck is a young property manager who happens to be out on a hike, and she stumbles into his daughter, Michael Shanks' daughter, uh, who um, has fallen down a ravine with her dog and has twisted her ankle, and so they... Uh, she and her soon-to-be ex-boyfriend uh, help the young girl get back to the lodge. Excuse me. So um, that's where she meets uh, Michael Shanks. And uh, because she's a property manager, she realizes she can be some assistance in helping upgrade the lodge. And there's a sequence of events where they go through uh, planning and getting funding and uh, and her father is a uh, master carpenter and owns a small business that does woodworking and electrical work and uh, they go to work on the lodge with this money and then they have the big Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas dinner and the family gets together and uh, it's it's just a charming a very Christian movie by the way you know a lot of holiday movies are secular Christmas and that they focus on family and love and romance and the spirit of the holiday. Presence. Presence, Turkey. yeah. Right, but this one is a very Christian movie for those people who are interested in such a thing. And uh, it, it really focuses on the, the Christian aspect of Christmas as well as family and love. So, highly recommend it. It's called The Christmas Lodge. Not to be confused with a recent Netflix movie called Christmas Cabin, which is a little more lightweight. Christmas Lodge from 2011, and I believe it's available on Amazon. So, highly recommended. And uh, star power from Michael Shanks. Nice. Now, am I allowed to be controversial and throw it... Well, so, I'll, I'll stick with the movie first, actually. So, in the UK, one of the biggest, most popular Christmas movies is Love Actually. Has this made it across the pond? It sounds very familiar. Who's in it? So it's Hugh Grant. stars Hugh Grant and a lady called Marty McCutcheon, who was a soap star here in the UK. Hugh Grant is the prime minister. He is single and it's leading up to Christmas. And guess what, John? What? There is a love story. (laughs) That's nice, isn't it? So there's a lot of Christmas. There's a lot of love. There's a very famous scene uh, involving Hugh Grant dancing around uh, Number Ten Downing Street, the Prime Minister's residence. Uh, yeah, and it's. But I, it took me quite a long time to see this movie. Actually, I, I should confess, as we're doing the show, I'm very bad at movies. TV, we can, I can talk a lot about. Live sport, here all day. Movies, I am bad at. In but, what way? 
I just don't make enough time to sit down and watch. If I'm at home, I don't. I very rarely will settle down and watch a movie. I'll watch some like a series or some sport or something. Uh, and the I don't know about in the US. The cinema here in the UK is relatively expensive. I actually love the experience of going to a cinema. Where I live in London, there are a variety of very nice independent boutique type cinemas, and I really enjoy the experience. I just don't get around to doing it that often. How but, much does it cost to see a movie in uh, London? I mean, it can be anything from kind of ten, twelve pounds to fifteen, sixteen pounds. That's almost twenty dollars US. Something like that, which yeah. guys fine. It's the whole experience, whatever. But it's it's not being a cheap night out. Oh, I've and I'll, I'll actually I'll throw my th I've got my third movie as well that I saw last year. Hang but, on, hang on, hold that. So but, but let me finish on another. Actually. Yeah, finish on this one, and then we'll do a commercial break. Okay, so Love Actually, like I say, love story around Christmas. It has a variety of co-stars in it as well. So there's some very famous bits with Martin Freeman, who was uh, a star in the UK version of The Office and obviously has gone on to Lord of the Rings and things like that. And Sherlock. And Sherlock, absolutely. Martin so he's Freeman's in that awesome. film. Yes, I know you're a fan. Martin Freeman is awesome. Watch the original English version of The Office with him. He's brilliant. Uh, but he's very funny and deadpan and very good. He he actually, I can, I can, he plays a, how can I put this so you don't get an explicit tag? In this movie, he plays an adult film star. Oh. Uh, he <laughs> falls in love. Out of type. <laughs> yeah, it is out of type. No, but it's not because the way he does it is very funny. And... He play. He falls in love and has a relationship with a fellow adult film star. Or actually, he might be like, is it or like a, a sex double for in movies that kind of thing. So anyway, there are some very funny scenes involving him and that. And yeah, it will certainly get you in the Christmas spirit. And if you haven't seen the Hugh Grant dancing scene, see if you can find it on YouTube or something because it's a classic. All right. Well, let's just, let's bring the segment one to a close, and we'll be back in 60 seconds. I'm chatting with uh, the Mac Observer's UK associate editor, Charlotte Henry. We'll be right back. Today, our sponsor is Linode. Linode helps you design, develop, and deploy in the cloud. You can build dedicated CPU, distributed applications, hosted services, websites, and CI slash CD environments. If it runs on Linux, it runs on Linode. Linode is focused on simplicity, service, and value. The goal is to maximize the benefit you receive from your cloud by making it cost-effective to deploy robust compute, storage, and networking services that meet your ever-changing performance needs. Featured are native SSD storage, a 40-gigabit network, and industry-leading processors. Pick from any of 10 worldwide data centers, including the newest in Toronto. Pay only for what you use with hourly billing across all plans and add-on services. Plus, 24 by 7 live customer support is always just a phone call away. You'll be able to deploy and maintain your infrastructure simply and cost-effectively. Plus, Linode's tools make it easy to provision, secure, monitor, and backup your cloud. To learn more, visit linode.com slash bgm. That's l-i-n-o-d-e dot com slash bgm. And receive a $20 credit when you use promo code BGM2019. Thanks, Linode, for being our sponsor. We're back on chatting with the Mac Observer's Charlotte Henry. 
about our favorite TV shows, especially Christmas shows. All right, so I want to talk about a show that I've been watching for 15 years or so. Every season I pull out the Blu-ray disc, and I watch a nice. show with Nicolas Cage and Taya Leone called Family Man. Hmm. Nicolas Cage plays Jack Campbell, a 40-ish, very successful Wall Street investment house uh, manager who's making big money, who does mergers and talks about the percentage that they're going to take of the merger ending in many, many, many zeros. The kind of guy who works straight through Christmas. Uh, he has a uh, sometime girlfriend. He doesn't seem to need a family. He drives a Ferrari. Everything's going great with him. And he doesn't think he needs anything else. And he's long since broken up with his college girlfriend when he went off to Oxford, I think, to study. And then when, and then time and distance kind of uh, led them apart from each other. Came back to the U.S. and he's been very successful. Never, never gave his old girlfriend a second thought. And he has a fascinating encounter with an angel. He's in a liquor store buying something for the holidays. And um, Don Cheeto plays an amazing angel who comes into the liquor store with a gun and holds the place up and has a discussion about a lotto number ticket that he thinks is valid and the store owner doesn't think is valid. And finally, Nicolas Cage decides to jump in on this agitated conversation, even though the angel is holding a gun. Nobody knows it's an angel. And offers him money to back off and uh, says some things to the angel that are not very uh, highly recommended in terms of uh, perspectives about people who are less uh, wealthy and less uh, successful. And so the angel decides that Jack needs a little lesson and casts him back into a different timeline where he stays with his college girlfriend and raises a family and the angel kind of lays out what an alternate life could have been like. And it's a warm, very family-oriented movie about uh, how he lived a different life as a tire salesman but raised two wonderful little children. He had a great relationship with Taylor Leone, his wife. And I won't, I won't give you a spoiler on what happens at the end, but it's a fascinating turnabout. And... Um, but you don't think of Nicolas Cage as being uh, the kind of actor who plays in these kind of warm-hearted sounds- Christian movies. He's usually more of an action hero and been in some unsavory movies. But this was it sounds a, di- a bit like he's got a kind of a Scroogey kind of Christmas character yeah, as well. Yeah, it's kind of an alternate Scrooge story. And uh, Nicolas Cage, I don't know that any other actor could have pulled it off the way he does because of his... He is pretty his, phenomenal. The way he has that sort of edge to him and, and yeah. so anyway if you're looking for a kind of a a warm-hearted family movie about about with an angel and a story about how what's important at christmas time and family um the family man is a great movie it's, it's, it's getting older now it's done in 2000 but uh it's it's got life okay that's it for me. Okay, my third Christmas movie. And I'm only counting this as a Christmas movie because it arrived in at Christmas time last year. I think it just about counts. 
was uh, the Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, yes, I have seen that one. Right. It was, obviously, Mary Poppins is the story of our childhood, of my childhood. And this is a big name, stars a load of big names, Emily Blunt, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Emily Mortimer, and Colin Firth, Mel Streep, the list goes on. And... Emily Blunt, I think I'm in love. Yes, we'll discuss. We, we can discuss that. Uh, <laughs> Julie Walters in it as well, and Dick Van Dyke returns. Yes, in his nineties. He was fab- He he was amazing. So it's fabulous. It's joyful. Uh, it obviously builds on the story of the, the original story, but kind of. So there's the nostalgia element there as well. Uh, and yeah, it, it's. Emily Blunt is wonderful as Mary Poppins. You know who she's married uh, to, right? Go on. John Krasinski of Jack Ryan. Ah, oh, well, we'll come on to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is fabulous. Emily Mortimer, I absolutely adore. And it keeps some of the elements so. Emily Mortimer is a political activist like the mother in the original film. Uh, the bank is still there. So, you know, there's a lot of the kind of tropes and traits that you remember from the original film are there, but it it moves it on and it's really lovely and I kind of came out smiling and a bit emotional. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I've seen it too. And um, yeah, you're right. It's uh, kind of a tearjerker and uh, for a warm family movie. And it's great to be able to watch something like that at Christmas time. Yeah, I think it's really nice. And it's kind of set in the winter and has the Christmas vibe going on as well. Um, yeah, the the story, this one, is that the children, Jane and Michael, who you remember from the first story, are now grown up and fighting, you know, and fighting to save their family home, the home mm-hmm. from the original film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and guess who returns to look after the children and help save the day? Right. Of course, it's Mary Poppins. And, and that's how the story begins. And that's where we go. And yeah, it's it's truly lovely. Okay, so those are the three favorite Christmas movies of each of us, um, with honorable mention to uh, the Christmas Carol with Patrick Stewart, and Ooh. honorable mention for me goes to a, a long-standing favorite. It's going to mark how old I am, though. White Christmas with Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye. I try to watch that every year, although I'm not, not always successful because there's so much stuff out there. Yes, but White Christmas is a really nice Christmas movie, and uh, it's 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 World War Two era. Oh, uh, so some people may not be able to relate to it, but uh, all you baby boomers, I'm sure you love White Christmas, and I do too. John, I've committed a, a blasphemy. Oh dear, a very on serious air, offense on the air. Seriously, <laughs> I've talked about Christmas movies, and I have not mentioned the Snowman. Say again, the snowman. Okay. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Fill me in. So the snowman is a classic British uh, Christmas movie. It is shown every single year in the UK, and there is a follow-up as well called the Snowman and the Snow Dog. So kind of fifteen twenty minutes. It's not very long. Oh okay. Um, animated, drawn book uh, about a boy who builds a snowman and it comes to life um and they go on an adventure through the night 
and it's just a very very lovely story it makes me cry every year it is a like I say shown on British television every year at Christmas um, I, the, there's a very famous song that came out of it called Walking in the Air and it made a start of the who was then a young choral singer called Alad Jones is now a TV personality a bit here in the UK and it's kind of in England in, in Britain it is the quintessential Christmas movie and a few years ago they followed it up with a film called The Snowman and the Snow Dog a little boy wants a dog makes a snowman and a snow dog and again they come to life and if the first one doesn't get you the second one will definitely make you cry <laughs> I don't think I've seen it maybe it's not available in the US it's, it's, a, it's definitely a very British thing but it's kind of a cornerstone of British Christmas and, I, and that's why I was so appalled at myself for not mentioning it originally because it's very it, as I say it's a it's sort of as traditional as turkey and cranberry and sauce and all those kind of Christmas traits that we have here. Okay, so we're starting to run out of time in a little bit. So let's finish <gasps> up with some of the other shows we've been watching. I wanted to mention to you specifically um, the morning show on Apple TV Plus because yes. I started off with a bit of a bad taste in my mouth on that show. I so watched did I, it actually. because uh, it was my homework assignment for the Mac Observer. And I was a little bit irritated because being a f retired physicist, I'm more into the high-tech stuff. My wife and I are going through 10 years of Stargate SG-1 on mm -hmm. Amazon Prime and, and uh, working our way through those shows. And they're fun and they're adventurous and they're technical. So I watch the morning show and I see these people who are kind of emotional and dreary and power-hungry. And it kind of turned me off a little bit. But I stayed with it because I wanted to be able to stay with the discussion on the Mac Observer. And I know you've been writing about it heavily. And now I've finished up seven episodes yes. of The Morning Show. And I must say, I have warmed up to it. And not because the people are any less dreary or any less power hungry or any less emotional, <laughs> but because of magnificent storytelling. And there's lessons here. If you stay with I it long enough, you realize that this is a, this is a lesson in what happens when you work with people you have to trust and you want and you want to move up in the power chain and you're and you're ambitious and how you balance your relationships with people against your own personal ambition and that's what has come through to me lately i agree and i think uh the cory ellison character is fantastic yes he was kind of at the center of all of that fascinating I first i thought he was a, a a douchebag and then i liked yeah, him and then i is. didn't like him and he goes back and forth <laughs> he is a douchebag but i kind of like it yeah um so as john says i've done a weekly recap of every episode that we've got so far the last one went up yesterday so you can check that out at the macobserver.com but um i really enjoyed it as well it was well. I actually thought this week's episode, episode seven, was the weakest one yet, certainly since the beginning. Um, I didn't feel it moved the story on very much at all. Well, I liked it because Chip is starting to maneuver his way towards undoing Fred. And he thinks he sees an opening in, uh, in concert with, with uh, Corey Ellison. He's maneuvering to uh, move up with Corey and trying to figure out a way to, to get yeah. Fred into trouble. And, and uh, I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, Chip is getting increasingly desperate. I think Mia Maya is a fantastic character um, who's played fantastic. The acting, across the board, actually, the acting has been pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, but I did think 
this episode didn't move it on as much as others have. Uh, I I really enjoyed last week's. I think episode six was possible. Was it five or six? One six of those was, was the wildfires. Six was wildfires was very good. I thought episode five was also very good. But anyway, the dynamic between Weeks with a spoon and Jennifer Aniston is very very good. So there's a lot to like about the there's show. There's a lot of tension all of a sudden because because very much the so. Reese Witherspoon character has offered trust and and opened yeah. her arms to uh, Alex Levy, and Alex Levy's starting to trust her. And now all of but, a sudden, Mitch has come along with a scoop, and and the instincts of the, the Reese Witherspoon character Bradley yeah. are starting to kick in, and she's caught between the values mm. and her moral compass again, like Chip is. So, yeah, I actually think Reese Witherspoon and the Bradley Jackson character have improved as the series have gone on. Who's is she your There's favorite one, character? I think she probably is now. She's my favorite character now. I also really like this, might be just British bias, but I really like Alex's husband, who oh, I think is a really interesting Jason. character. Yeah, yeah. And there's but, another young British woman who's now Bradley's assistant, who's an yeah, interesting Claire. character. Yeah. That's an interesting dynamic as How well. How did you like that uh, HR uh, interview? The HR interview was uh, quite painful. <laughs> no, I think probably oh. my favourite character actually is Corey. He is fascinating. Who, think, who is fascinating. I, yeah, I'm interested how they need to move it on. I didn't think they moved it on very much this, ser- this episode. The thing that's continuing to bug me, and I know you're going to tell me off, but I don't care. The the product placement is almost making me want to scream. Oh, that again. I know. <laughs> if, it's, if it's your show, you can do what you want with it. That's the joy of having an Apple platform. Well, like, the, Mac, the Macintosh, and uh, especially the Macintosh, is well known as a creative tool for sure. creative people and, just, and writers and producers and so on. So I, there's nothing there. Really. No, it is realistic. I've said this before. It is realistic that everyone in New York media would have an iPhone, that a sure. TV production studio, an office would be run using Macs. That's, sure. that's kind of fine. Um, the bit that I really sort of... So as I discussed, first of all, when we first discussed the show on Daily Observations, I hated... I remember that. Hated, hated, hated that the first sequence in the whole show was just a load of people on iPhones. It looked like an advert, but fine. Um, I also, it made me laugh and it kind of cemented my view about this, that the only person in the whole show who doesn't have an iPhone is Bradley's nasty waste of space father who has an old school flip phone. And that just was like the the crowning moment for me. Well, yeah, I can understand your approach. One would think that uh, perhaps with uh, British acumen and reserve, that there would be a balanced approach in the show. But it is an Apple show, and a lot of people use these products. So I'm not as alarmed as you are. In fact, I kind of like it. Like I don't like those shows where they say, well, we have to strike a balance. So this person uses an iPhone, this person uses a Samsung, and we're going to you know, be uh, vendor neutral, you know? There's joyous enthusiasm in having everybody using these products. And a lot of people do use yeah. them, so, you know... Of course they do, and it's fine. Yeah. Look, Apple's not going to put, like, a load of subs... Excuse me, yeah. I'm so- Apple is not going to put a load of Samsung phones on people's hands. I totally get that. It's just not very subtle. 
<laughs> no, it's not. I actually not. thought the Wildfires episode was really good because it changed the setting, it changed the pace of the show. It turned it around a bit. Um, bef- before we wrap up, because I know you're, you're going to boot me off soon. Only in a very most polite possible way. Obviously. Should we do our favorite, other favourite shows away from Apple TV Plus of 2019? Oh, we can kind of just tick through them without discussion. Okay. Should um, I tell you mine? I've been watching Dickinson. Yes, you have. And Jack Ryan. Yes, you have. Outlander, season two, I'm into. Although Apple TV Plus has kind of steered me off track on Outlander. And I'm going to have to make a big decision soon about whether I'm going to pay for Outlander season three and four, because one and two are free. Three and four you have to pay for, so I'm going to have to make that decision. So, your turn. So I've... Okay, this year I've really enjoyed the final series of The Big Bang Theory. I've got a couple more episodes to go. I know you guys got it in the States a bit earlier, um, but I've been watching it back on Netflix, so I'm feeling quite sad that I'm going to run out of that. Uh, And on Amazon Prime Video, I've been really enjoying a show called The Bold Type which is, it's a bit silly and a bit and totally unrealistic, but it's good fun. It's about three young women uh, working in New York magazines, basically. And there's wonderful clothes. They're really fun actresses. There's wonderful shops of New York, and it's just good, light-hearted fun, and I'm enjoying it. Cool. Well, with that, we are out of time. I have to bring the show to a close. Charlotte, thank you for joining me and sharing with, with me your thoughts about your favorite Christmas and other shows. It's been delightful. Thank you so much for having me back. I love being on background mode. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Charlotte and me, and we'll be back soon to talk about other stuff. In the meantime, you've been listening to the Mac Observer's background mode. We'll see you again next week. <laughs>